G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Egypt was the powerhouse of the world. Yeah. And over a course of, I don't know how many, I don't know how long the plagues lasted for, days, weeks, months, within a very short space of time, this powerful nation is brought to its knees. Yeah. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we learned some history about the church's attitude toward the Jewish people and how deliberate efforts have been made to ensure Easter never coincided with the Jewish Passover. On today's program, we're going to learn about the events that Passover is actually a commemoration of. Yeah, you know, for I think I think for many Christians, especially Christians in Australia, we really don't really have any understanding or comprehension of some of the church's really appalling. Uh, attitude and treatment or thought toward the Jewish people. And it's a shock to us in many respects, as well as the fact that we really are unaware of a lot of um, people who said they were Christians and how they their treatment of the Jewish people mm. during Second World War. Because here in Australia, we're so far removed yeah. from it. It's not till you get to Europe or you travel through Germany and you, you realise just how how terrible it was. So it's a bit of a shock. But these, we're talking about the um, the seven mandatory feasts of the Lord, the first one being Passover. And I do just want to read quickly from Leviticus 23, verses 4 to 5. It talks about these appointed feasts of the Lord. It says, These are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocation, which you shall proclaim at the times appointed them. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. So God instituted this and he made this mandatory one. Now, the account of the uh, Hebrews' enslavement in Egypt, many will know this, so we're going to run through this story to give us a bit of a, a bit of an understanding of why Passover was instituted at all. Okay, God raised up um, a man by the name of Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, uh, and uh, there were, he was to go and confront Pharaoh, commanding him in the Lord's name to release the Hebrews. And if you wanted to read the entire story, it's the first 15 chapters of the book of Exodus. It's a pretty exciting mm, read, actually. Yeah. It'd be worthwhile even reading that over this uh, few days as we celebrate Easter be, and, yeah. and Passover all, all happening at the moment. It would be a really good idea to do that, actually. So if you, you start right at the beginning, the book of beginnings, which is Genesis, that is the start of all things of the creation and the human creation. It is the beginning and the establishment of God establishing his people, the Jewish people. They start out as a family. They end up in Egypt because of a famine that's ravaging through mm. throughout the Middle East. And they're there in a place of protection in the land of Goshen in Egypt. But over time, their numbers swell. They become a very great and numerous people. And then after hundreds of years, probably more than 400, because they were slaves for 400, but who knows how many years mm. um, they were living there um, before they were put into slavery. But they, their numbers grew. Pharaoh thought that they were so numerous, they're going to overthrow us, so let's enslave them. Mm. But even that wasn't, en- that wasn't enough. He couldn't stop them, their numbers from <laughs> growing. Uh, so first of all, he wanted to slow down the birth rate. 
And so he demanded that the Hebrew midwives drown all the baby boys that were born to the Hebrews and drown them in the, in the Nile River. They refused to do that, uh, didn't lessen the danger for all the baby boys. Mm. And when Moses was born, he was hidden away. And ultimately, if, if you go and read the book, um, you discover he was actually found by Pharaoh's daughter, took him into the palace, and he was raised in a life of privilege. Mm. And he really thought that he would be able to assist and help look after his people, that he was in this position of authority and power and influence and that he could help his Jewish brethren who were enslaved and suffering. And uh, he thought they'd love him for it. And in a bid to defend a Jewish man who was being treated appallingly by um, an Egyptian man, uh, Moses comes to his defense, kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand, and then lo and behold, he discovers that he actually was seen. People know about it, and he's suddenly frightened for his life. So he skedaddles mm -hmm. through the wilderness in the desert and ends up in the land of Midian, where he meets the woman he's going to marry, Zipporah. And he just settles down to a life looking after, you know, sheep and goats in the middle of the desert. His father, father-in-law Jethro, who's a high priest of Midian, and he's just contented. And then in, one day he's out and he sees a weird sight. He sees this bush that's on fire, um, but weirdly the bush doesn't get consumed by the mm. fire. It just burns and is maintained. And as he gets closer, God speaks to him from this this phenomenal you know, mm. wondrous thing that he's yeah. seeing and uh, convinces him, takes a little time. Moses is a little slow. <laughs> he's a bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But he convinces him that it's time to go back to Egypt, confront Pharaoh and demand that his people be set free. God's heard their prayers, mm. their suffering. He's going to liberate them. So Moses goes back. He teams up with his brother, Aaron, and they make their way to confront Pharaoh. And the extraordinary thing about all that we read in the Exodus account is that every time, well, the first three times, actually, Moses says, you need to let my people go. He performs then a sign or a wonder that God has already instructed him, uh, along with his um, Aaron, his, his brother, um, and performs these wonders. The magicians of Egypt can sort of replicate them, not quite to the standard that God mm. does, but he, they can replicate them a little bit. And Pharaoh just goes, nut on your bike. Take off, not interested, forget it. But that actually makes the burden of the Jewish people even worse. Yeah. But then, every then after I think it's the first three plagues, then when Moses goes to confront Pharaoh, the plagues then become beyond the magicians of Egypt to replicate, and everything in the lives of the Egyptians is is then damaged from their physical bodies where they suffer from plagues of flies and um, or gnats or whatever, uh, frogs that just come up and invade their homes and it, it affects their sleep. Mm. Uh, there is, you know, hail, massive hail that comes out and with fire mm. destroying crops and, and um, property and animals. Um, there's darkness that just takes – I mean, these everything in their lives, their economy, their commerce – their homes, their crops, their uh, livestock, everything is becoming decimated. The infrastructure of the, mm. of the nation. I mean, Egypt was the powerhouse of the world. Yeah. And over a course of, I don't know how many, I don't know how long the plagues lasted for, days, weeks, months, whatever it was, within a very short space of time, this powerful nation is brought mm. to its knees. Yeah. 
Interestingly, of course, the people of Israel were protected from all these plagues at the same time. So their they area were. where they lived were not getting the hail or the darkness or whatever. Precisely. But then you come to the last one. You come to the last plague, which is the death of the firstborn. And God warned Pharaoh. He said, this is what you've done to my son, Jacob talking about Israel, now I'm taking yours. And what happened is God told his people, there's an angel of death coming, so protect yourself. You need to take a firstborn male lamb. It's got to be without spot and blemish and no bones broken or anything like that. Its blood must be shed. Its blood must be put on the doorpost and lintel of the home. You are to dress as though you're in a hurry. You are to be standing while you eat it. You are to roast it. You are to eat and consume all of it. Um, and if you can't, you burn it so that nothing is left um, and you are then to be ready because your liberation is coming. Mm. And when the angel of death comes and sees the blood on the doorposts and lintels, then the angel of death will pass over and you will be protected. And, of course, they do this. And then the next morning there is extreme grieving throughout the land of Egypt from from the lowest peasant to every animal, firstborn of any animal, Right up to Pharaoh's household and Pharaoh himself, the firstborn, all died throughout the land. But the Hebrews were protected. Mm. Now, by this stage, the, the, the Egyptians have had enough. We, we don't want you here. Your God is more powerful than ours. You want gold here? Have some gold. You need silver? It's all yours. You, mm. you need clothing? Material? It's all yours. Just leave. And, uh, and of course, then, you know, they are followed for a little bit when Pharaoh again breaks his word, chases after them, and then he loses his entire army mm. and drowns in the sea. And so this is the story of Passover. This was the very first one. And there's such significance in these elements of all these steps that happen, and we're going to look at them, what their significance is, and amazingly how Jesus Christ, the Messiah, actually fulfills them all. That's right. He is the Passover lamb. We'll explore that over the next few episodes on Foundations. Next time, we're going to start looking at these elements of Passover and what they represent. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.